We were talking a little bit before we were recording about uh, getting involved in sales motions. Now, now I don't want to get anyone in trouble, but I am curious to hear from each of you. It doesn't have to be bad, ridiculous, but what is the most ridiculous like sales thing you've got involved in? Like what? Just, just for the variety hour, like you're, you're travel somewhere. Maybe it's just down the street. Maybe you're fixing the back fence and you find out that your neighbor works at GM. But like, what, uh, what, what's the craziest sales thing that you've gotten involved in, 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 your, in each of y'all's pseudo sales oriented roles? Um, Maybe I should start. So you yeah. Time to think. Sure. Uh, but I need time to think, you know, I'm going to cite a minor thing just because I haven't had time to think. I, I was visiting with some people earlier this week and usually you get a catered lunch from Jimmy John's or Subway <laughs> or, or Jason's Deli. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky, a nukes, like, uh, that's, that's good. But we got catered, we got, because it was at a Pivotal Labs thing where we put a premium on fancy food, we got, we got juice in the morning because at Pivotal Labs they serve breakfast from some like juicery. It was like, it's not a pint cup, it was a giant cup of, uh, of, of juice with granola on top. And then we had noble pig sandwiches. And I was thinking like, if we always had this catered to our sales calls, I would, I would come to all of them. I had the, uh, the Noble Pig Pimento Cheese Sandwich as a little pre-recommendation recommendation, which I thought was the perfect thing to have catered because when I go to the Noble Pig, I would never order that on my own. I'd be right. like, I'm here at the Noble Pig. I'm going to order some meat. I'm not ordering a fucking cheese sandwich. But <laughs> so this, this Pimento Cheese Sandwich was awesome. It was really good. Very sharp cheddar. They put some pickles on it. The bread was a little old, you know. I mean, old as in not warm because it's been sitting there, but man, so good. All right. Well. So... Have I bought you guys enough time? <laughs> um, I definitely have good stories. Uh, you know, like the time when uh, uh, I was supposed to be meeting with the, the sales rep and meeting with the, the CTO of a very large retailer. And uh, she, she missed her plane. <laughs> and she's like, he, he likes sushi. We were in Vegas. Just uh, take him to his favorite place. <laughs> and that's how I had the most expensive meal I've ever nice. had. That's nice. Just take him out for lunch. <laughs> No, this was dinner with you know multiple rounds of sake, and yeah, it was it was wonderful. Oh. <laughs> um, as, as I was uh, kind of commenting to uh, one of my sales coworkers the other day, I was like, "Don't tell anybody, but my favorite part of sales is the food." <laughs> I know, I know. I, I was I was joking in Twitter the other day that I need to print up new cards that say, "You're in luck. All my expenses get approved." Like that, that would be a, that would be hard to give out to people. Just to, just to crib a little LP lyric there. I can't think of a second thing, but you know, the kids at home can go look that one up and they're rap genius. Yeah. It's probably annotated with sandwich recommendations. Um. I to a sales guy once and he said it was you know, relatively on the younger side. And he was talking about this guy had decided to stop drinking for a year. And he's just like, and his whole thing was about looking at some of the people that like his management chain or, you know, people that have been in sales longer than him. And he said that physically it takes like a toll on you, like, you know, between like the mm-hmm. crazy, you know, meals that you can eat kind of all the time. And then, um, you know, the entertainment, if you will, and the drinking, there's like, Hey, this is too much. I got to make some changes. So I don't know if there's something to that. Like if, if I really, if someone who's been in sales or a, someone who's really good at sales, do they, they, people do, have uh at least hypothesized that they put on a lot of weight and they uh you know get yeah. very unhealthy over you know a period of time 
That's, that's, I mean, my anecdotal experience is there are two types of salespeople. Uh, let's say three. There's two types of sales dudes, and then there's all of the uh, much better in control of it women who are in sales. Like they seem like I've, every woman I've encountered in sales like is on top of her shit. Whereas like two dudes you encounter, there is the, the athletic, usually tall person. Like who's, who's very fit and is like, I'm going to go for a 5 a.m. run this morning and then we're going to close some fucking deals, right? Like, so they look very nice and they wear a polo shirt. They know how to play golf. And then there is the really large sales dude. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, maybe they're doing a 5 a.m. fun run. But, uh, and, and, and I think, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily by choice. I think, I think the role of, of, and specifically to be very gendered about it, I think the role of sales dude attracts those two types. Like it's very rare that you find the, uh, nerdy sales person like i mean they have to be very extroverted know how to like have good you know bob and weave in conversations and like very rapidly pick things up and like i mean it's just sort of like and then there's also the uh man that drinking problem i tell you what that uh i i for various reasons like drink a lot less than i used to and business travel is not as enjoyable like it's uh you get upgraded <laughs> the first class and you're like uh i'll have a uh a water <laughs> sparkling <laughs> water you don't want to drink the soda because it's just like liquid sugar and, yeah. you don't, and you're also not drinking the alcohol. So you're like, uh, I'll have a club soda with the lime, please. Yep. Hmm. Well, this brings up the ultimate question, right? Because I think people, you know, have this parody of the sales guy, like the sales guys in there convincing people to buy things they don't really want, right? Which is the more like you're around sales, I, at least to me, it's more, and then this is, I think, one of the injuries and Horowitz things, or I don't know who came up with like really good salespeople are just more about navigating the purchase process, knowing it is better, if you will, yeah. than the customer. Yeah. And that's where it kind of comes to actually, you know, your example of like the athletic man or just, you know, the organized, you know, woman, you know, I, I don't know. That's those types I think are really, that's really what you're showing there is it really just takes people that are very organized and that are on top of like, this is how we need to move this through this totally. big process. Yeah. And that isn't, that doesn't necessarily involve a lot. It doesn't have to really involve a lot of like going out to lunch and, you know, it's more like you can do that on the phone just as effectively, which is, I think like people don't really believe that, but like I have been around people that are just, that, are, that aren't necessarily the give up, give some fancy presentation. It's more like, Hey Jim, I told you I'd call you on Tuesday because we're gonna have that meeting. And I just sent this over for your purchase person to look at it. And we've already yeah. redlined it, you know, and like that guy or woman, you know, is in some ways more effective because they're not wasting a lot of time. Like, Hey, let's meet for lunch. And, you know, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I agree pretty much completely with that. I mean, I would almost say that the, uh, let's see if I get this right. Cause I'm bad at this kind of phrasing. The number of times the frequency that you have to get your prospect drunk is inversely proportional to the quality of your marketing. Right? Like in theory, like, 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 like your marketing team should do a good job at basically doing your value props and why you should buy something. And then the salesperson job is to go in there and, and not in, not in a uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross way of closing it, but clo well, like maybe in that way, that's but close it in the sense of like, we got to get a PO file. It's December 25th. Guess what? wake them up and make them sign it and fax it over. Right. And like, here's how you do this. Here's the guy in PO's number, his cell phone number. You call him and he'll do this or that. Like, and I, I've, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much true. Well, and, and there's but otherwise, otherwise it's the mythical, this deal slipped into the, the next quarter. Yeah. But, but so much of, of 
like what seeing the sales motion up, up close is finding out if the customer has a problem that you actually can solve and then showing That's a good them, one. Hey, this is how we solve your problem. How can we help you solve your problem? Oh, you know, and then like, you know, can you actually solve that for us? You know, can, can we help you solve your problem? Uh, can you actually solve it yourself? Yeah, no, I think I left that off. Like, like, uh, and this is, I think more, uh, peculiar or unique to enterprise sales versus high volume SaaS sales is that the other, the other thing that a salesperson needs to do is exactly what you're saying is, is figure out who has the problems and then identify them. And then to, to a certain extent, then marketing can do its job with all the material and collateral and hustling and positioning and stuff. And then someone needs to close the deal. Whereas like, as, as ever, I think, I think most stuff that we read up on the internet nowadays is targeted at not enterprise. And especially when it comes to enterprise sales, it's like, you need to have some content and then have a funnel of inbound marketing and HubSpot and blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, you know, for, for enterprise sales, that uh, it only goes so far. Or something. Yeah. Sales. Well, well speaking I, uh, of it. Uh, go ahead. Oh, Oh, I was going to say, speaking of enterprise sales, the, uh, the, 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 one, of the, one of the darlings of the enterprise sales world is out. And you can get a free copy of it thanks to, I don't know who, because Matt Ray found the, uh, the post legion URL. Amazon. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, nice. Of course, Amazon. Yeah, I, I was thinking, so it's, it's the, the Gartner IAS Magic Quadrant. And I was thinking, you know, a good exercise would be to go see, of the people in the Magic Quadrant, which ones have licensed to see it. And then you can figure out which ones like it or not. That would be a fun ongoing. Uh, <laughs> like, anyways. And, and then also your buddy, uh, Mr. Goat Farm, Ducey, he, has, uh, he did a nice animated version of the last six Magic Quadrants, which I yeah. think, I think that's, that's fun. I, I wish I could slow it down, put it in that yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot to read in there. I think this is one of the better IAS magic quadrants I've read in a long time. I didn't actually read their profiles very much, but the market context was pretty good stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, and I think, you. uh, I don't know if one of you wants to take this swag at it, but like basically, uh, I think it's, it's biggest conclusion is AW Amazon and Azure have won. In fact, I think I forget the All right. Cause I quoted it here. This phase of the market has been won. It's like <laughs> done. Let's move on. Wipe, wipe your hands. Well, I, I think what's to, to what my takeaway is when you drop uh, when you go into the uh, the report, you know, and read it. There's a nice section on vendors added and dropped, and added. No new vendors were added this mm-hmm. year, and five dropped out. You know, so that's that's what's really telling is yeah. like well. You know, if, if you think you're going to be in, you know, cloud, uh, the bar's really high and getting higher all the time. And, you know, here's, here's some, you know, deep pocketed folks who couldn't hit the bar or, you know, they're, you know, they're out because they've been acquired or, uh, you know, pivoted a little bit. And so that's, that's, you know, not their game anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that gets a, a if it, this is a word eludicated in there quite a bit. And I think on, on the buy side, there's this weird kind of paradoxical line of thinking, which is uh, this market has a lot of fragmentation, which is to say there are a lot of people competing in it. Uh, but, but to evoke some like uh, mid 2000s thinking, or maybe this is like late 90s thinking, there's a, uh, there's a long tail of IaaS, right? There's basically like 
the fat head of the two hits. Then there's like the trail of dead after them that people may participate in. And, and there's some pretty like pretty straightforward uh, advice that, that I, I think it's, you know, obviously Lydia who leads this up. I forgot to read the co-authors of people who, uh, who worked with her on it, but like there's some pretty strong advice of like, it's like choose number three to the end at your own peril because they're probably going to be unstable. Like it's, it's pretty direct advice just to choose the, uh, the big market leaders. Well, but also they, uh, you know, they list the vendors considered, but not included. Yeah. And, and, and some of it, like there's, it's, it's always, that's always the first thing I read in the magic quadrant is the criteria. I gotta go read the criteria to see why you would show up and not show up in it. And uh, I think, I mean, if I remember the salient criteria in here are like, you need to have two data centers that are at least 250 miles apart, which is an interesting, very specific thing. And then you also, this, this other one is a good way of people to weasel the way out of sales calls when they're not in the magic quadrant is you have to be in the top 10 by market share as Gartner has estimated, if I remember, which, which is, is uh, interesting. But yeah, the criteria, good stuff. I think they're going to be some shakers. A couple things that stood out for me though, I think were sort of maybe kind of more minor points, but very interesting. One, um, you know, you kind of said it best, Coach, I think in your paraphrase, like there is no cloud portability, right? This idea that they, even though it's a commoditized service, that you can't really move between them, at least very well. I thought that was, that was really interesting just because I think the cloud is off. I mean, that's one of the benefits that's always touted, but, you know, doesn't really exist. So yeah. that was really interesting. And then it really shows you how the kind of the lock-in, right? This is why the competition, I think, in this area is you know fearsome right and gruesome to some extent right is that you know when you have somebody you know it's it's like dime warner cable or whatever right like the pain to move is so high that they may not like you but they're going to be with you for a while which which is interesting i don't know if you know again in the press i don't think that part is talked about as much as like oh it's the cloud you can quickly move between them in the second now listen and, and to be clear if you use something like Pivotal Cloud Foundry and maybe that wacky habitat thing, you, you would have all sorts of portability because you would be abstracting yourself away from the IaaS layer. So well, I just want to throw me, that caveat like, in there. Yeah, but, well, because this brings us to the next more, most interesting point is then talking about how, um, I know, Kote, you're, not, you're contractually obligated not to work, use the word PaaS, but they say <laughs> uh, PaaS and IaaS are, are getting closer, right? And that, that, you know, that's really going to be the next... Um, level of competition, right? So, so to their point, like, okay, I mean, if, if we take them at the word, like these two vendors of one, I mean, I think what isn't necessarily worked out is like, what is, what's the platform, right? What's the past thing going to be? And that, you know, that is something that could potentially completely change this or could even re-entrench the, the, um, the leaders, right? But, uh, you know, it's almost like this is going to be so, this is just a very quick kind of timeout in something that's about to happen, right? And, whether that's the containers or Docker, you know. Um, so that part is just really interesting because that's the part where you could get the port to your point, Cote. You could get the portability back, right? If mm -hmm. this something else emerges or um, you know, Cloud Foundry or whatever, right? What whatever wins that is going to be almost more important than this stage of the kind of market competition. No, it, I, I actually had a, a interesting conversation the other day with with someone who's um, using what. Uh, what we generally refer to as a, a cloud management platform, you know, like the uh, uh, the Laden Stratius or uh, RightScale, those sorts of products that abstract away the clouds that you run on. And um, this uh, the shop was 
very excited about the cloud management platform because you know they're like, well, it abstracts away the cloud from underneath us, and we you know our workloads are portable. But uh, the con was they were like firmly identified it as uh, uh, you know mode one of the bimodal IT. <laughs> they're like, just let's just take our SCCM and and our uh, you know, clicky, clicky vSphere, um, you know, vCenter users and, and move them into the cloud with no changes of workflow. I was like, that's not what you, you know, that's not where you want to be going. But then, you know, mm-hmm. his, his kind of retort to that was like, well, if we start, if we become more, more cloud native, we're going to be locked into a cloud. And even though the benefits of moving faster and um, taking advantage of those local uh resources are there, you know, then we lose our portability. Um, and I think, I think it's like Kote was saying, it's a transitional thing where um, when you get to either a full, you know, multi-cloud paths, like, like your cloud foundry, or if you get to, you know, the, the utopia of containers on, you know, swarm, Kubernetes, Mesosphere, whatever, then you can stop, you know, you can make that hop. But if you're kind of sitting in between, um, yeah, it's, uh, you're going to be stuck there. You're not going to be able to go. And, you know, a lot of vendors, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of customers don't actually care. Um, they're starting to, to say like, you know, I, I know we're going to be on Amazon, but we've watched these guys operate for 10, 10 plus years. And it's not like, you know, once they have you, they're going to say, Oh, now we can raise the prices. You know, they're just going to let, let you, you know, raise them on yourself by consuming even more. And that's probably a good thing for the way our business operates. Yeah. Well, you know, this is a good opportunity for the mid roll. <laughs> Speaking of multi-cloud. <laughs> On August 31st, there's a free. No, 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 it's stamps.com, isn't it? Yeah. Stamps. Are you tired of going to the post office? No. Are I'm you not. planning? I'm so not much? trying to go to the post office. I don't want to hear about I never All go. Right. Now, when I do, I welcome the opportunity. Do you have a large family of 15 nieces and nephews that you're always mailing gifts to? No, no, I do not. And I can email them or Facebook with them. <laughs> so, so don't go to stamps.com. All right. Now, do the now so, get a, you know, tell us we, to go to stamps.com. Uh, what, what is this? I, I, this I, think, I think maybe not even next. Is it next week? Anyways, August 31st, there's a webinar that I'm doing with, uh, with Holger from Constellation and uh, this guy, Brian Gregory from Express Scripts, who you might have heard on Lord, the Lords of Computing podcast talking about why you would care about multi-cloud. I'll put a link in the show notes, but if you go to cote.io slash pivotal, I'll hopefully remember to put a link there as well. But if you just search for uh, my Twitter, where I promote it almost every day, because I love everyone there, you can probably find a link there. You should register for it and come see the webinar. Also, I wrote an InfoQ piece on multi-cloud where I was basically like, uh, you know, you got to pick your poison, basically, when it comes to portability. And also, if, if you go to see the show notes, I have a 10% discount code for operatability.io. You ever been to that conference, Matt Ray? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to go to a new set of conferences um, over here on the other side of the planet. So that's going to be fun. I bet. Yeah. Uh, all the ones that, you know, you, you're like, yeah. well, that sounds like fun. Um, so I've been submitting a lot of talks to uh, – mid-rolls over, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been submitting a lot of talks to. Uh, well, well let, let me just say, if, if you want to, if you want to go to operatability.io, you register and you use the code Cote Memo O O I O one six. 
just figure that one out and you get 10% off. But I'll put it in the show notes. So the mid roll's over. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I, I've been... Stamps.com. Yeah, stamps.com. Buy it, buy it. Do, do, do. Um, yeah, I've been uh, uh, trying, to, to, trying to get to a lot of conferences over here and you know submitting talks and um, trying to figure out which ones are useful and uh, whatnot. And uh, I... You know, knock on wood, I might be going to a, a very large conference in China uh, in a couple of weeks. So that that uh, should be exciting. Yeah. So coming back to the the magic quadrant conversation, um, you know, they've got the vendors considered but not included. Um, the uh, uh, Aliun Alibaba's cloud. Um, I got to uh, uh, get a little bit of uh, you know briefing mm. on what's going on there. And they've got a ridiculously large number of users. Um, you know, I, I remember hearing at reInvent, you know, they, they had a million paying customers. And I'm sure, I'm sure with Amazon, it's probably, you know, uh, AWS users. And I don't know with, with, with Alibaba if it was um, mixing in, like, their vendor, their resellers and, you know, their customers. Because they're kind of like, you know, a, a parallel Amazon. They've got their marketplace. They've got their direct selling. They've got a lot of, you know, uh, consumer good or you know, uh, whatever you call that. You know, retail customers. But then their cloud. They claim to have like 1.3 million uh, users, um, and that's nuts. Um, but they're uh, they are expanding into the West Coast um, this year, and. Uh, uh, Shanghai hmm. and and Singapore and Tokyo and you know I'm I'm starting to see them pop up over here which is interesting because I never saw them you know back back in North America um, so that's uh, right they could be a, a you know a dark horse that pops into you know third or fourth quickly uh, just based on the scale that they're operating at so interesting. Yeah, it's 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 regular regular like William Gibson situation. You, you remember you remember in his first three books there were all these like Asian named companies, mostly Japanese, that had like taken over and were just sort of in the background. Yeah, yeah. Well, there were but there were also a lot of like German ones. I know. <laughs> and, and I don't see any German cloud vendors on the horizon. <laughs> yeah, I, the Magic Quadrant is just a fun read. Um, you know, to to watch the horse race. Um, and then kind of the the flip side. Uh, you know, to the to the quadrant is uh, some of the layoff news that's been coming out lately. Um, you know, uh, we're recording. Well, I'm recording on the 19th. <laughs> you guys are recording on the 18th. Um, you know, but Cisco had some some layoffs announced yesterday, uh, and depending on which you know, news venue you got it from, it was 14,000 or 5,000 or you know, 10% of the workforce. Um, but uh, that's, you know, it's, we're continuing to see more of, you know, the traditional enterprise vendors uh, kind of, you know, shedding, shedding jobs as they reposition themselves. Um, but one of the articles we linked to had a kind of a roll-up that said, you know, in case you missed it, uh, there have been 100,000 people laid off this year um, and just listed, you know, the likes of HP and IBM and, um you know, NetApp and, and various uh, Oracle and, and uh, you know, various traditional IT vendors. Um, Microsoft, uh, of course, I dug down into Microsoft's numbers. They, they got rid of essentially what was left of uh, uh, Nokia. Nokia, right? Yeah. yeah. But I guess the question is, like, is, 
I don't know. In some ways, I just feel like this has been going on since the last dot com bubble, right? It's just like there's just always this perpetual like being hired, and I don't know. It feels more like status quo than. I mean, it's news because I mean, obviously, that when you're affected in them, that's huge news to your life. And Cisco's a big, you know, obviously one of the most well-known tech companies in the world. So I mean, that part makes news, but that's surprising. Like, I don't think anyone. I don't know if anyone read that and was like, "Wow, this is shocking news," or. Um, doesn't seem like I don't think I think it feels like yes Cisco will retrench itself and continue to do well in their core segments like I don't think anyone's going to that's going to change anytime soon yeah we, we need some kind of narrative around like you know uh, on the one hand you're all like we love each other and on the other hand you're like you're fired <laughs> I don't know uh, how you you balance those two things out like it would seem it would seem like like uh, you know, and then everyone always talks about how hard it is to hire people. So there's a lot of weird contradictions in there that like don't uh, get resolved if you're being optimistic. Well, I think you know, even to your your broader point, it's just like what like we have all this information, but like what what is the like what's the reality of like is the industry growing, contracting? Does it? You know, is it just sort of about the same and this is just sort of churning? Tell us like a SAS. Like we need like some SAS metrics on like what's really happening. It's just churn and everyone just ends up somewhere else or do people just exit? They're like, I'm going to go sell real estate. Move in Australia. (laughs) Hey, I'm not out of the game. Um, No, I I think, uh, you know, I saw, you know, looking at those, I I, I was thinking, oh, you know, that's a lot of people who are going to be out looking for jobs. And then, you know, I, but I also, I've had, you know, meetings and everywhere I go, everyone's trying to hire. Everyone is, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're trying to hire, they're trying to get, um, enough staff to, to, you know, digitize them or, you know, make the digital transformation. And so, you know, even though, you know, even though it's going to suck for a lot of people in the short term, I think long-term, if you're in this industry, you're fairly safe as long as, you know, you continue to pay attention to the industry and, you know, skill up. Um, I had a meeting with a, uh, an, a, a government agency the other day and they're like, Oh yeah, we're having a, a reorg. Uh, it's our first in 25 years. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I, I mean, you know, what sort of skills are you going to have to change and, and, uh, you know, re- retrain on and, and, you know, is 25 years f- frequent enough? Um, you know, I, I don't know if, uh, uh, I don't know if you took me up on my, my recommendation from last time about watching, uh, uh, Homeland or, uh, uh, Utopia as, as it's also known. Um, but there's, there's an, uh, an episode in there where, a, a new minister is, is appointed to this agency that, uh, their job is to build, you know, long-term investment in Australia, like, you know, big projects of, you know, hey, we're going to, you know, improve the highway infrastructure over the next 10 years. And he's like, you know, I need, I need some, you know, I need some big wins in the next month. <laughs> and and nice. I kind of get that feel from, from, you know, talking to these government agencies and like, well, the converse is if you don't have, if you don't have, you know, pushing for big wins, um, maybe, you know, people just sit on their hands. Um, so maybe, maybe there's a good side to getting reorged every, uh, you know, mm-hmm. every five years instead of 25. Well, you know, 
This is a stat I always – I think maybe LinkedIn could do it. I don't know who could do it. But like, I would love to see like j- the average job tenure by industry or something because I, I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. Like, I feel like the tech industry is like somewhere between 24 and 36 months. Like that's where yeah. um, people are moving. And then you know, what you just said there, like my wife works in education, and it's not uncommon for people to be at the same school or some other uh, place for – you know. 10 15 20 years that's not that's not crazy whereas it's very unusual that even the tech companies existed this long in one format and also um you know people have stayed that long and i I don't know but then and then again i'm like i don't know matt ray i was like oh matt ray's been a chef long time so uh it's like like, well it can't happen it can't happen i mean and, and you know but the thing about you know chef even is is i've you know, rotated positions and done a lot of different things, but uh, people do seem surprised and they're like, how long have you been there and how old's the company? And, you know, yeah, I mean, I was employee 16, so it's, mm. it's a long time. Um, but how yeah, long have you been a chef now, Matt Ray? You've been seven, eight years? No, it's going to be six years in October. Six years. Okay, so I feel like you're a long tenure employee, whereas if oh, someone, if yeah. a, um, if a teacher at like your 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 kid's school like says like I've been here seven years like I don't I think everyone's just like that's totally normal they'd be like yeah and there'll be some teacher they've been there like fifteen years government is usually like that too there'll be like a lot of people in government have been there for a while been in an agency but like yeah six years in tech I'm like whoa man Matt Ray something's wrong with him yeah <laughs> this, this is before before my uh, before my internet connection was crapping out I'm on my phone now and here here's here's a mystery you can solve. I use AT&T for both my home internet and my phone internet. Which one do you think works more consistently? <laughs> That's uh, yep. Good right. guess. Anyways. We're, yeah. Don't, don't make us tangent into internet carriers cause Australia. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know, this, this is what I was trying to say. It's like, there's a weird, like, I, I don't know what we do about it, but we've hit upon a, a good point is like of all places in the tech industry, we're supposed to know how to like keep people abreast of new development. And, and yet we just like, so on, on the one side of our mouth, we're always like, hey, if you're on these DevOps teams, you need to have blameless postmortems and like hold hands and culture and, and get along so you can work on software. And then, and then we kind of like turn our face the other way and you're like, hey, 5,000 people, you're all fired, right? <laughs> like, like, I don't really know what, what's going on with that. But it is like, and when, when, when I go and talk with large organizations, they do, um, yeah, I mean, their labor situation is a lot less fluid. And, and, and they, that's one of the problems they have is like, how do we, how do we incent people to, uh, to learn new things and do things in a, in a new way? Like there's that old Grace Hopper quote about like, what is it? The, 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 the worst six words in the English language, or we've always done it that way, or how many words mm-hmm. that is. And like, so, you know, I get in these, speaking of sales again, like I get in these situations, it's basically this topic. It's like, that all sounds great. Tech industry, unicorn person. Uh, so how do I get my, my schlubs to do anything new? And I don't know, in aggregate in the tech world, we don't really demonstrate that we know how to solve that problem. (laughs) Like we just, we just keep firing thousands and thousands of people because we don't know how to, at least in large organizations, we don't know how to like take advantage of them. It seems to be a, a scaling function where, you know, if you're too big, it's hard to have it. The, the bigger you are, the, more your culture starts to look like other big companies' culture, and mm. and you know you're more likely to have a, a more rigid hiring process, a more rigid training process, you know, less yeah. variety of, of positions. 
Um, less, be, you know, more siloed approaches to everything where, where people don't get involved outside their job. And, you know, and then when you're in a startup, you know, especially like the tiny startups, you wear, you know, five different hats every day. And, you know, as it grows, you, you know, oh, you become more specialized. But, um, yeah, when, when you get into the, the, the bigger enterprises, like, well, uh, we got to lay out 5,000 people and, you know, I want, uh, you know, 1,200 QA people and 1,500 developers. And it's just you're, you're less of, a, of an individual. And so there's a constant tension of, you know, big companies being safe and, um, you know, startups being, you know, less, less safe. But in my opinion, it, it, it I mean, I remember having worked at a large enterprise, just feeling like, you know, the ax could drop at any moment and it doesn't matter who I am. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe it's cause you know, we had a culture of layoffs. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, being in a, 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 a startup, even a moderately sized one, um, feels a lot safer to me. And, um, and I don't know how to encourage more people to, to go out and, you know, with their, their day jobs, but cause that also happens. You have your, you know, the people who become your champions at these big enterprises, eventually they're like, Oh wait, it doesn't have to be like this. And they, you know, they, they leave town. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, I think with a modicum of experience, because the startup is smaller, you can at least smell out when, you know, you're about to shit the bed collectively, right? Like so, so you sort of know like, Oh, everyone's about to get laid off or like terrible big, like you have more information about how the company is actually running. And so you, you have a better, you, you have more control over it and more, more uh, predictive analytics as it were. Whereas like to your point, right? Like at a larger organization, you phrased it well, it's just like, Hey, you were our top performer last year and now you're fired because we don't need your whole division. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and so you, and, and you have no idea, like, like, especially if you're down in the bowels of the system, you have, you have no idea what the new corporate uh, strategy is going to be or what you have to do if you shareholders, right? You're just, you're just part of a thing. And so that's, yeah, I mean, that's the trade off you make. And, and yet you can also get 24% off of your AT&T bill each month at, at, a, uh, at a large company. You know, you get all these great perks, yeah. but you got to balance it out. And that could be significant savings on the internet <laughs> connection that doesn't work. <laughs> Fun fact, though, those discounts will stay uh, on your account as long as you don't say anything. Hey, hey, hey. So you know for everybody. Uh, Secrets. Carry them on for long, long periods of time. Uh, you can also, uh, any sort of discount codes you have from your employer, nobody ever checks. So if you hey. into your, your Starwood and you're like, oh, yeah, it's me, Cote, Dell employee, um, <laughs> nobody has ever checked. I don't know. I don't know if you've been reading the news, but that will be a reality probably sometimes. Very soon. I won't even have to lie about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, speaking of, of uh, things eating other things, we've got uh, you know Walmart bought uh, Jet, which um, I don't know if you guys have ever used Jet. Uh, no, I haven't. I know, me neither. <laughs> it's like I, I I've read lots of headlines about how awesome it is. So no, that actually. I joined, they, they sent me this invite and, and I signed up for an account and I never used it. Cause I was like, prime, oh. prime, prime. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, that's kind of related to the, uh, uh, the high barriers of entry of market success. We were talking about with IS stuff, right? Like, 
my thankfully, you know, my wife is the one who saves money in the family. But but you know, Amazon retailing is so successful that I just like yeah, just buy it there, whatever. Like you know, if, if you go talk with people like Lowe's and Home Depot. They, you know, they, they, they suffer from this because they're like, yeah, you can order stuff online from us for sure. Forever. You could have done that. But most people just don't think to, uh, to order their hammers from, from Home Depot and Lowe's instead of just going to Prime to buy it. Yeah. Look at me. Branding works instead <laughs> of going on to buy it. But we don't have it here in Australia. So then, then oh, now it's like hey. a whole scramble of like learning the new places to shop and who does which things online. And it's, uh, it's a challenge. Yeah. Well, There's no Amazon in Australia? Well, there is. You know what they sell? Books. What? That's it? Streaming. Uh, wow. Yeah. It's like, wow, man, you're taking a step back. You know what you should do, Matt Ray? Start a re- an online retailer in Australia. <laughs> You'd be hugely successful. Well, and, and what's interesting about that, though, is, is the retailers here, they can, you know, look across the ocean and see, like, the devastation that's happening to retail, and they're like, Ooh, that's coming. You know, we better get our stuff together because if we don't, you know, if, if we don't, yeah. become, you know, um, if we don't hop on that immediately, uh, that's going to happen to us. And so you know, there's, there's a, a retrenchment here of, of, you know, the big retailers are, are trying to become more, you know, more on top of things before it eats their lunch. Cause Walmart's not right. really here either. Um, and so, you know, Walmart and Amazon aren't in this market uh, as, as you know, the, the, the boogeyman of retail. And so, you know, the internet is definitely pressuring what's here, but there's still a lot of, uh, but this seems where our old friend strategy tax, uh, raises his head again, where it's like, Hey man, you can only view the world through your current strategies. And it doesn't seem like, you know, the jet thing I think is, I get why Walmart does it. I'm sure they're just like, man, we gotta do something. We're getting killed. But like taking Amazon head on, Right, just it, you know, trying to compete in their game seems seem like uh, just nothing but crushing defeat. Uh, <laughs> like I, I have yet to see someone really come at them in a, you know, I think that's what you'd have to do is somehow try to start to use some of these advantages against them, right? Like you'd have to get away from the like, you know, they have this incredible supply network and they're going to own the cost side. So like, what are you going to do differently, right? Yeah. That, um, but. You know, more power to them. I don't know. I've not used Jet. I, I honestly went to it after the acquisition, and it was fine. But I just, you know, I am. I'm like, okay, I'm just like, I have this Prime thing. I just click buttons, and stuff shows up. And Yeah, yeah. Um, you can go you go check out what Buddy D. Williams is up to, all sorts of stuff over there at Jet. Yeah, so it's I don't always, know. Always Good luck to the Walmart people. I hope that <laughs> yeah, as a sort of segue to recommendations, like I think, I think, uh, as we like to say, our buddy Ben Thompson. He had a he had a good write up of of, uh, of Walmart buying Jet, and I think, uh, you know, uh, every now and then, or I should say, frequently, his habit of like, as someone who does this, I should watch out about being in a glass house. But quoting other people at length in big lengthy block quotes that he does is kind of annoying because you just want to read what he thinks, not what he's published previously or what other people say. But he does a good job of like over the past ten or fifteen years sort of like shaming Walmart strategy <laughs> by, by, qu- by quoting stuff that was in like, you know, earnings calls and stuff like that, how they were going to do this and they're confused. So it's actually like a good, a good uh, historic rendering of how, how the strategy kind of went wrong and they missed boats and stuff like that, which is all like, you know, it's all like halo effect and reverse halo effect and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like as, as I'm fond of saying when people like, uh, 
question like silly moves people make in the tech world, right? Like it's only stupid until it works. So, you know, <laughs> well, you, you, have, you, have to, you have to watch out for that. But it's a good accounting of, of like what, what Brandon was pointing to of like, man, if, if you're not like on the ball of figuring out your strategy early on to compete with like competitors and you let them like run away with it and, and take it, like it takes you a long time to recover if you don't, if you don't start changing or augmenting your culture early. And he, yeah. he points out some specific areas where the, the dominant money flow of in-store retailing obviously trumps planning for your future, which is some classic like three horizon thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like anything that you're worried about doing in the next two to three years is gonna get clobbered by just making your money in this year. So yep. you have to be really careful how, how you manage that because you're just yeah. going to eat yourself alive. I mean, the, the, the articles about Cisco's layoffs have been, you know, they've been kind of brutal about like, you know, oh, well, this is what the CEO said. And, you know, the street was not impressed. And, you know, this is what you said last year. And, you know, here's your quote about how, you know, we know this is coming and, you know, we're positioning ourselves and you didn't. Um, yeah. And, and so... You know, everyone can always play uh, armchair general or quarterback or what have you, but uh, it's still got to be tough. Um, to, yeah, well, you guys yeah. Watch it because we've never recommended this before. I would just say like there's literally an entire chapter on Cisco in the Halo. <laughs> I know. There is, you actually read about it. You actually read it. And he quotes like, here's where they were geniuses. John Chambers was the genius. Yeah. Here's where they sucked. And then yeah. here they were geniuses again. And I guess now they're on the sucking side again. <laughs> like, they'll be back, you know. And just so, so again, it's really well written. has lots of data. Or you can just like take Matt Ray's, uh, you know, that he basically said everything to him. So whatever you want. <laughs> No. Yeah, and, and, and just, just to, before we go to our recommendations to coalesce on one of our other usual themes, I mean, I think this is why in the, uh, this is one of the many reasons, but I think one of the more positive reasons, so to speak, not cynical reasons, why so many big tech companies like go private and sell things off and are looking to go private is like, uh, it's, it's, and, and is, is because you need to like get sheltered from investor expectations that you're going to continually be making money and then more importantly get sheltered from being punished when you have to go back to the labs and reinvent stuff and and you see that absurdity in sort of like the the cavalcade of stories about like apple being terrible and you're just like what right yeah. like this company is obviously not terrible and and yet <laughs> like people think they are because they only sold like you know 80 gazillion iPhones last year instead of 100 gazillion iPhones, right? Like, oh, you should just burn that whole thing down before they build that UFO building. <laughs> so it's just... <laughs> well, and that's what's funny is like the number one company, they're like, you know, oh, they have to look out for, you know, the people who have already taken their launch. They're like, who took it? Because they're still number one. And, you know, it's not clear who they're fighting with. You know, I mean, with, with retail, it's like, oh, yeah, everyone knows who's taking your lunch. With Apple, it's kind of like, how are they not winning? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, uh, Strategies in Master says, there is no lunch. <laughs> oh, or you are never winning. Yeah. That's right. You are never eating lunch, only breakfast and dinner. <laughs> or or as, they, as they say in the, in, in the South, pack a lunch. That's, that's what you got to do. Mm. All right. Well, that said... How about, how about uh, recommendations? What's, what's your recommendation this week, Brandon? My recommendation is uh, another podcast I've just picked up. It's called Pin Kings, and it's from uh, ESPN. And what it does is it covers kind of uh, some true crime. It covers uh, two high school wrestling teammates that kind of end up on opposite sides of the, the 1980s, 90s uh, drug war in Miami. 
And mm. uh, it's kind of a fascinating uh, kind of docu documentary, true crime, where they kind of go through, they tell, tell you, and I think there's just going to be like 16 episodes um, total. And kind of interesting that I'm always interested in like new media strategy. So what they're doing is they're actually releasing an episode a day. So it started a, in early August, so there's probably 14 or 15 episodes there. But then they've got that, then they've got a long-form journalist uh, piece that you can read about the whole story. It'll appear in one of the ESP in the magazine and online. And then they're going to actually do a one-hour, um, I don't know if it's like a 30 for 30 or but just a documentary of it. So I've, I think it's kind of cool. Like if you're interested in the story, you've got lots of different ways to read about it, you get a lot of detail. Um, and it's just a compelling story. It has a little bit of sports around the narrative, but it's really just a story of like, two people that go two different directions and lots of crazy things happen all over the United States from the University of Georgia all the way to Columbia and a million that somebody tried to build a submarine and uh, so it's just fascinating listen so check a it out. Submarine. A submarine? That's fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, check it out. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, my recommendation this week is a little self-serving. I'll, I'll, I'll give a few others, but, but uh, one of my old bosses, James Governor, he, he wrote a nice piece about going to our recent conference. And, uh, you know, I don't always recommend all of his pieces. He's got a great little uh, Monk Chips in Three Minutes video series you should see. That's always delightful. But he has a good write-up of, like, what's going on in the application development space and Pivotal's role in it and things like that. And I think he's... Uh, you know, he's one of the, one of the, and it's free to read, but he's one of the few analysts who's like written up uh, a lot of, of how we think about things and what's been going on. So you should read that piece. And then, and then, uh, and then, you know, my other recommendation last week I was on vacation and we went down to Port Aransas in Texas for yeah. a beach vacation. And we, my, my wife had lots of big plans about things we were going to do, but every day except one, we just went to the beach. So that's the first thing. Just go to the beach. Uh, but also, there's this place in Port Aransas called Irie's uh, Island Food, and it's very unassuming, but, but the guy there roasts his own coffee and makes his own tortillas, and it just goes on from there. You can ah. eat there. That place is fantastic. It's, it's really good. When, uh, when your kids get a little older, take them to the, the Crazy Cajun. Um, oh, they give you, we did they, pass by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They give you the hammers so you can bust up the, the crawfish and, and, uh, and, and dad's head. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. My kids like to use the hammers on the corn, the shrimp, the sausage. Yeah. You know, just hammer everything inside. But uh, ha hammers, of course, ordered from Amazon. <laughs> because why get them from Home Depot? Um, uh, yeah. Moral of the story: You can go to Home Depot to order ha hammers. You should do that. Get your hammers from Home Depot. See, Home Depot needs to start selling books. Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's what's your recommendation this this week? Matt? So so after the uh, the blowback of my uh, my cultural recommendations on books and whatnot, um, and you know, and last uh, last time I, I recommended uh, Utopia, which I, I still stand by. You should watch that. Um, I, I'm not I'm and th this this week uh, I watched Stranger Things, so you know that's that's not a new recommendation. Everyone's uh, hopefully seen that by now and enjoyed it. I think that was recommended by Brandon. For, yeah, I'm always I'm always a good two months behind Brandon. <laughs> and just, just as a reminder, if if Matt Ray recommends for you to read Diaspora, which I did finish reading, do not read that book. That book is not good reading. It's still Ima imagine imagine if you thinly sliced all the microprocessors ever created and collected them together into a bound volume and then read that. Uh, That's what the experience is um, like. You know. Wow. 
Wow. We'll just have to agree to disagree on that one. But uh, so this week, I'm yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send you a gestalt tag, and we can psychoblast each other about it. <laughs> Uh, so, so this recommendation is going to be uh, more consumer related. Um, I, uh, you know, as I'm equipping my office here in Australia, I, I had to get myself a new monitor, and so I, I went down to the, uh, uh, well, they don't have Office Max or Office Depot; they have Office Works, and checked out the the monitors that they had, and uh, I picked up a curved screen monitor because um, you know, as monitors get a little bit bigger and you keep parking them in front of you, you're, you know, they get a little unwieldy around 27 inches. Um, mm. and, and so I, I picked up a, a Samsung uh, curved monitor and it's pretty good. I, I it took a, a day or two to get used to it because it's, it's a different viewing experience. And if you, if you sit too close to it, um, it doesn't work well, but it, uh, if you keep proper width, you have this nice huge monitor and uh, everything is focused properly. So, um, I, I, I see. I see from the notes. It's the devilishly titled C two seven F three ninety. Good old, good old C two seven F three ninety. Love that one. So, so I can't exactly give you a link to go buy it yourself on Amazon because mine has the the weird three prong Australian power adapter, and oh. you know, I, I don't want people to accidentally buy the wrong Australian monitor. Um, well, we're, we're, you need to sign up for the associate account for Office Works. Although, based on your Australian lexicon, I think you're supposed to put an IE at the end. Office Worksy, don't yeah. isn't that how they do everything? Yeah. And then, and we'll put a link to the Australian and the Amazon Prime. It, it's it's dot com dot au. Everything is dot com dot au. Oh. Um, yeah. But the uh, oh yeah. And so when I when I bought a monitor, they asked me if I wanted to sign up for a business account and if I had a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, right. what do I get with a business account? And they're like, uh, we can uh, consolidate your billing. And I was like, what's the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, just uh, in general, um, flying in Australia is, uh, it's like being in a time machine. It's like being in, uh, you know, summer of 2000 in the U.S. where you just walk up to security and walk through the metal detector and walk to your plane. Yeah. I've now flown four times, uh, like four day trips, never shown ID to anyone. Oh, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a regular uh, deadhead sticker on a Cadillac situation. Yeah, yeah. Just old, old, good old days. It's great. Yep. Um, yeah. and, and next week I'm going to New Zealand, so we'll see if I have to even show my passport. <laughs> yeah. Pick up some milk while you're there or some lamb shanks. Send those over. Well, well as always... Thanks, thanks for listening. This has been Software Defined Talk, which you can find at the vanity URL, softwaredefinedtalk.com. To get the show notes, Matt Ray, what episode is this? 69. To get the show notes, you can go to cote.io slash sdt69. And I'm now uploading a lot of this to SoundCloud, as well as the usual sources. You can go to soundcloud.com slash Industries to get all the podcasts that I do. Um, and you know, if you, if you deign to take the time to leave us a review or a star rating in iTunes. That would be fun, and it would make us feel good. We've been holding steady at seven awesome reviews and ratings for the past year. So uh, number eight is in the pipe. It, it would be fun stuff. Or just recommend us to other people. And it's always nice to talk to people who say they listen to us as well. Uh, it's quite enjoyable. Yeah, I, I think we need to start putting us up on Rap Genius so we can get the, uh, the annotations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely on Rap Genius. Definitely. We need to be on there. So with that, go to, go to softwaredefinedtalk.com to waste your time, I guess, and do some exciting learn. stuff. Yeah. Learn. 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 
learn. Fundamental. Just, and we'll see everyone next time. All right. Bye.